Weekly Driver podcast gets support from ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and JL related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and enter weekly for your chance to win two 2018 JL Wranglers from now through November 15th, 2017. Good afternoon. This is the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea, co-host with Bruce Aldrich, who is on assignment this week. Our guest this week is John Craman. John is a former automotive and aircraft mechanic, a pilot, and a car collector, and he spent many years with Meekum Auction, the largest auction company in the United States. Um, in a couple of weeks, um, the Meekum Auction is going to have a new show in Las Vegas, and we're going to talk to John about that. Um, I had a chance just recently to go to my first Meekum Auction, which is where I met John. And John, uh, good afternoon. How are you today? Hey, doing good, James. Glad you, glad to connect with you. Looking forward to talking auctions and cars with you. Terrific. Let's jump into the upcoming auction, and I've got a bunch of things to ask about. But I know that Meekum has so many auctions these so many auctions these days. How did, how did Las Vegas come about, and and what was the market, and and how are you going to show all these fantastic cars in a place like Las Vegas? Yeah, well, you know, it's an, actually it's a really great story. We've got a lot of experience in Las Vegas with the world's largest collector motorcycle auctions for the past several years. Uh, but we've never held a car auction there, and the local market has been telling us, when are you going to do cars out here? We want Meekum in Las Vegas. And the problem is with our big schedule, 14 collector car auctions this year, two vintage motorcycle auctions, three tractor auctions, several road art, which is memorabilia auctions, the list continues. It's very difficult to try to find dates that work for us and that has a venue suitable for the size of what we do, how many cars we bring in. Bottom line, it all worked out. Everything lined up perfectly. We are at the prestigious and gorgeous Las Vegas Convention Center. We will have almost a thousand great cars. We put a target out of 900. We're going to be over that closer to a thousand cars for our debut. It's incredible. It will be the largest collector car auction that Las Vegas has ever seen. And I think that that says there's pent up demand for Meekum in Las Vegas. Now, John, I've only been to one of the auctions, but one thing I really liked about it, and, and we all know that there are lots and lots of car auctions around the United States and around the world, uh, Meekum is different in that it's kind of the everyman's uh, auction, the rock and roll uh, show of, of car auctions, if you will. And, and can you tell me your history and, and, and how that philosophy came about that the, these kinds of auctions that Meekum has around the United States are, are for the everyman? You've got wonderful cars, you've got inexpensive cars. Tell me about the background of, of Meekum and how that philosophy came about. Well, that is a really good question, James, and, and it's, a, it, it's a good point to make because it is Dana Meekum, our company founder uh, and visionary, still heavily involved with the company 30 years later after he founded it, uh, really wanted to do, had two goals. Number one was to provide a great auction experience for car collectors, buyers and sellers and spectators that were interested in cars of all spectrums. We'll have cars spanning 100 years of automotive history. We'll have cars that are Las Vegas debut, as an example, anywhere from $5,000 at the entry level all the way up to several $1 million cars and lots of them, six-figure cars as well. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is, is Dana wants to have auctions in every 
part of the United States to make it convenient and easy for anybody that wants to buy, sell, spectate, and a Mecham auction to be able to do so. And we're very close now with 14 auctions, car auctions, on our schedule. We're very close to meeting that. Needless to say, we're very proud to be going to Las Vegas. We're delighted we've got so many entries. The buzz is extreme, and we're looking forward to getting out there and getting it done. Now, I know when I went to the Monterey auction, you had, um, I think it was a, a nice facility indoor, but you also had a lot of cars outdoors. So in Las Vegas, I believe, the, the occasion is indoors, and you've got this huge convention center space. Well, will the auction take place the same way, where you're constantly having a parade every two or three minutes of, of these cars, or do you have to make an adjustment if it's an indoor facility at all? Well, the auction stage will be identical to what you saw in Monterey, and the pace of the cars will be identical. What will change is, is unlike Monterey, which is essentially everything outdoors yes. on the golf fairways, uh, with the exception of a gigantic tent where the auction arena is in, yes. completely different dynamic in, in Las Vegas, James, where everything will be indoors and secured, air-conditioned comfort. It's going to be a really great venue. Everything will be easy to get to. We'll have the inventory, the actual inventory, for all three days of the auction, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, November 16th through the 18th. We'll be parked on either side of the actual auction um, arena. Yes. So if somebody wants to go from their seats and they want to go look at cars and then come back, it's going to be a short, easy, convenient way to do that. The convention center is gigantic. I believe it's one of the largest convention spaces in the country and very, very well suited for what we're doing. Gotcha. Now, I notice on some of the lists of materials that went out that not only do you have cars that are uh, attainable cars for, for the average person, but you have some really top-end cars. And I I, I know that um, we've talked before about, like, for example, I know that there's going to be a 1958 Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Roadster that has a, quite, a, quite a, a legacy to it, and then some others. So could you t tell me about a few of the uh, main attractions, if you will, of, of the Las Vegas show? Well, you, yeah, you hit one of them. Anytime you have a 1950s, early 1960s Mercedes-Benz 300 SL, that is a that's a top-shelf collector car and has always been a valuable car, but in the past five or ten years, they've really, really exploded onto the market. And, I mean, a million dollars, you know, is typically the beginning of where those cars are priced at. Another big hitter, one of our headline cars we call the main attractions, is a... 1965 Shelby 289 Cobra, uh, not a replica, a real honest-to-goodness car, and right there in the shadow of Shelby American there in Las Vegas, still going strong today, by the way, not uh, not too far from the con convention center, only about three or four miles away. Uh, muscle car fans won't be disappointed. Uh, that 1968 uh, Yanko Camaro, um, lots of other Shelbys, a ton of muscle cars. Corvettes always represent about 10% of Mika inventory, some late model and vintage exotic cars from the Italian exotic manufacturers. Porsche will be there in a uh, pretty good quantity as well. A real nice, interesting mix about what you'd expect on sort of a eclectic region such as Las Vegas. Some, some really cool, neat stuff. And, man, we're hoping that people come out and snap them up. We've talked before about, I mean, you've been involved, I think, now with uh, Mika, is it for 17 years now? Is that, is that close? Well, not quite, but I started in uh, 2006 oh, so, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, working consignments. In 2008, uh, we went. We won a television. We're now celebrating 10 years yes. uh, on television. I'm the commentator analyst on the TV show now with NBCSN. Uh, got a great show uh, on that network now, and I wear both hats. Uh, yes. I handle uh, office duties, and, and then, of course, also go to the auctions, the golf 
kind of the spokesperson for me to watch. And do a lot of the interviews, like with you, and and. Um, uh, you know, other other events to represent Mecham, and I think it's a combination of obviously my knowledge of the collector car market and of Mecham, but just my enthusiasm for collector cars and collecting cars in general. It's just, it's my life's passion. Yes, I can tell, John, you don't have much enthusiasm at all. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're fantastic. I, I, so I had my ears off a little bit, but what I was going to get to is, we've talked once or twice before about how that there's trends in, in the auction industry, and and when I first met you and we talked about um, the interest that's always there with uh, muscle cars, but now I believe that you were telling me once before about uh, a new interest in, in um, American pickup trucks. So if that's true, can you tell me about how the trends are in the auction industry and what you've experienced in your, in your last decade or so in, in the industry? Yeah, it's definitely been a big surprise. Uh, of course, the whole collector car market is very aware. A lot having to do with watching our our television shows on NBCSN to see the, just the influx of pickup trucks that have exploded uh, as a part of the you know serious market and bringing big money. They've always been a part, but definitely a secondary, a small part. Now they're right up there, head and shoulders with cars, both in value, desirability, demand, all of that. One of the things, James, I think contributes to people say, well, why has this happened? Is we really have to thank the aftermarket for coming on board to make a lot of reproduction parts to bring these old you know, beat up pickup trucks back to life. And now they're being restored to the same standards as cars are, you know, literal, uh, you know, automotive jewelry. The same restoration standards apply to trucks, but we see them original. We see them very heavily modified. That's also a big trend. And we see them stock restored. And it's not just the older guys, the baby boomers buying these vintage trucks. It's a lot of the younger guys in their 30s and 40s. So we're seeing a nice transition generational transition the market that all of us was hoping for that's starting to unfold yes i think i i it triggers a thought about being in monterey seeing a lot of uh, trucks down there on, on uh, all the different kinds of shows but in particular my uh, colleague and i saw a 1955 ford f100 that was just you know pristine and everybody was looking at it so I, your points, um, I'm, I'm soaking it all in because it was just a prime example of what you're talking about, that there were very, very expensive cars, but everybody was looking at this wonderful pickup truck that we got a kick out of. So um, that brings me to another question is, how does, how does yeah. the auction process work? I know that you have collectors that, that, and other people that you're probably your regulars that, that bring in their collections of cars, private collections and different things, but what about the average guy who's, who has a a car that he's finally ready to you know sell it whatever it might be it could be a rambler american it could be a ferrari whatever it might be how do they approach you and what's the process like if you're just an individual person who wants to sell their car you know james the the high profile high dollar cars and then the multiple collections six collections we've got coming uh to las vegas as an example they seem to get a lot of the attention but the reality is, is the bulk of what we do and the core of the collector car market are individuals buying and selling their cars at an auction, maybe only one or two cars at a time. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So we have uh, a procedure in place to make it easy for anybody who wants to sell a collector car at Mecham Auctions, regardless of value, we have a day and a time and a financial bracket that they can fit in. I'll give you some examples to sure. a car to Mecham Auction. Keeping in mind, we're a reserve auction. That means a consigner has the option, and most do, of putting a reserve, or we also call a protected price, on their car. They're no obligation to sell it. Yes. It doesn't hit a number they're comfortable with. So they pay an entry fee to get it in the auction. And depending on the auction, the day and the time, and the value of the car, 
it'll range anywhere from $250 all the way on up for what we call main attraction catalog entry at our catalog auctions of $1,500. Yes. The commission of the sale price is 10%, pretty easy to remember, pretty straightforward. We pay our sellers uh, the hammer price minus that 10% commission of the hammer price, but that only applies if it sells. If it doesn't, they take their vehicle home with them, just like they brought it to a car show. We sell about 70, 75% of all the cars that cross the Mecham red carpet, and the rest of the sellers, they're not upset or they're not mad. They gave it a shot. We did our thing, and they just decided, oh, I'm not getting quite enough money for it, and they take their vehicle home. They weren't forced to take, bottom line, they weren't forced to take less than what they wanted for the car. Some other auction companies don't operate that way. Yeah, so one of the things that we noticed in, in Monterey, and I, I refer to Monterey because it's only my only experience with Mecham, and it was right. fascinating, is I think you, you call it a second chance, or you have a terminology for maybe a little bit of uh, individual then negotiation between a seller and a, pers a prospective buyer that, that is also part of your business. And can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's an important part of what we do, change. It's called the bid goes on. And what yes. that means is if a car doesn't sell on the Mecham red carpet, uh, we schedule about 35 cars an hour. So really cars are spending less than two minutes up on the auction block. We have so many cars and we want to make sure that we get everything in front of all the buyers. Um, the cars uh, will always go to the bid goes on under their control. Four full-time guys are over there working cars that have not yet sold on the block. And roughly about 10% of all the cars that Mecham Auction sells are sold via the bid goes on process. So if you're watching television uh, and you're seeing that it only looks like we're selling half the cars or 60% of the cars, you're not seeing and taking into account the fact that we're going to sell bid goes on cars over the next few days. If you wait until about midweek after the auction closes, go to Mecham.com and you can look at the results. And then you can see exactly the cars, including the bid goes on sales, all the current results will be posted, usually by the middle of the week after the close of the auction. It's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Another, another thing that's cool about it is having no, uh, not having any background of this, when we, we went to the uh, auction in Monterey, the amount of people that are involved in your organization, I think in Monterey there must have been 300 people there in all different <laughs> capacities. And I'm assuming that's going to be the same way in Las Vegas. And how is that coordination done? I mean, it's, it's like watching a circus. It's just fantastic. And the moving parts are everywhere. And how, how is that all coordinated? And how many folks will there be in Las Vegas uh, at the auction? For it is magic. It's really impressive just logistically how we pull it all together. 14 collector car auctions each year. Everybody is on the go nonstop. Everybody is excited, motivated. Yeah, you hit the number on the head. It takes about 300 of us total to run an auction like in Las Vegas, most of which are not full-time income employees. These are people that say in the 30 years that we've been in business, we've just grown to have this reputation of being a great part-time or an occasional uh, company to work for. Uh, everybody gets treated well, and we stay in nice hotel rooms and, and get you know plenty of good food and rest. And uh, the hours uh, or the auction environment is very manic, but uh, and the hours can be long. But everybody from and I mean, I mean everybody uh, is just very excited and proud to be on board something that accomplishes so much in sh such a short time. Our typical Mecham auction, which is three days, we'll do we'll conduct more business in three days at one Mecham auction than the average small new car dealership will do an entire year. Think that's, about that. That's comparison. that's fantastic. And you, I think you referenced the word magical, and I wanted to ask you about something I was also unfamiliar with, which is the the auction chant, if you will, and and the buzz that surrounds that. When you get going and your colleagues get going, 
it's 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 really like a um, a study in linguistics or something because it's it's fascinating to listen to the to the chant, if you will. And how does how did you develop that that skill? Well, fortunately, James. Fortunately, I never had to. Not a not a part of uh, of what I do. Right. Uh, the the actual auctioneers, honestly, they are the rock stars. They are the rock stars. The Thank you for correcting they me. The, they're the A-listers. They are the guys that have so much talent, responsibility. You know, we'll do probably in Las Vegas. We'll we'll conduct somewhere between fifteen and twenty million dollars worth of collector car sales over three days. That's a, a tremendous responsibility to keep everything straight and accurate, not miss any bids, call everything properly. They've got a good staff of ring people that help them, and they've also got everything's fairly automated and double checked uh, with computers. If you look at the auction block. Uh, anytime you're there, either in person or you see it on television, you'll see a lot of people up there, up on the same stage, and those are support people that are making sure that everything is going smoothly and is getting entered into the system real time. We're so big and our auctions are so long that we really have to get everybody up to speed and wired for as much automation as possible, and we do. Yeah, yes, you do. And so thank you for, I knew that you wore many hats, but I had that one incorrect that you don't wear that hat, but, <laughs> yeah. but you, you wear every other hat, so thanks for updating me on that. <laughs> Um, I do know also that you're a, you collect cars, and I wanted to ask you about, well, it's a two-part question. Number one, after seeing thousands and thousands of cars during, during these years, um, is there a particular car that, that still surprises you or has surprised you that takes your breath away that you've seen through the years that just was, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, and, and there's a good story behind it? Well, in, you, once again, you kind of hit it on the head. A lot of times it's not necessarily just the car. Yes. A lot of times it might be the story or the condition of a car, and the actual significance of that car might be secondary. Uh, uh, one owner or one family-owned car from the 1950s or 1960s, even if it's just an ordinary sort of a non-typically wouldn't be a collector car, if it's been coveted and cared for and is in excellent original condition and there's a good story behind it, that always gets my attention. But if I have to think of something that's just really breathtaking, it combines all of that. We had a 1967 Corvette Coupe uh, sell uh, at our uh, Indianapolis auction in May. Uh, Matt Letasky was the uh, son of the original owner of the car. He was a Vietnam vet. Uh, he passed away actually some time ago. Matt had taken care of the car. His dad bought it new had 8,000 miles on it. It was 100% original. It brought an extraordinarily high amount of money. I think it was, remember the hard number, $675,000, something like that. Um, but it wasn't all about the money. It was just about the history of the car, the dynamic of the family, uh, all of the emotion and the tears, and then, of course, the condition of the car was a literal time capsule. Oh, what a great that, story. That, that one I'm not going to forget. No, I can imagine not. And I, I know that your, your family, your your father was a, a, a Pontiac and, and Oldsmobile salesman in the 60s, and, and you started yeah. to identify cars when you were a very young guy, and I know that you're a car collector, so can you tell me about the cars that you have and, and um, how it came about that you got the cars that you have? Well, it's kind of cool. My 1964 Pontiac GTO, which is the car that you know, I grew up wanting first year, first muscle car and all that. In July of 1976, when I was 19 years old, I bought a 64 GTO, and I still own that exact car today. I've kept it all these years. And uh, as a youngster, I identified that I wanted a, I wanted a GTO, a Mustang, uh, a Corvette, and a Cadillac. Don't ask me why, but those were the four cars that, 
I just identified with. And, and I'm just lucky enough to say that all these years later, I was able to obtain at least one of those examples, two Corvettes, a Mustang, a Cadillac, and of course my GTO. So a six-car garage, it's completely full, and uh, I'm tempted, as a lot of people are, to see really cool cars hit the auction block at Meekum Auctions, but uh, I'd have to sell something to make space for a new one, and not, not in the mood to sell right now. No, and you have two daily drivers, I, I think, that we've talked about once before as well. Uh, your wife and yourself have daily drivers. Yeah, we have. You know, you need a car to drive in the winter time. Sure. Living here in the Midwest, we live right on the Illinois-Wisconsin border. My wife's got a, a 2015 Ford Fusion. She loves that I drive a 2015 Cadillac SRX. But when it's nice outside, like today, I drove my my Mustang GT, a six-speed, uh, 420 of course, five-liter Coyote. That's a driver. When the weather is nice, alternate that between that and my LS3 uh, 2010 Corvette on the nice days. And hopefully we've got another month or so of good weather before the snow hits. You guys, that's a li that's living large for any guy who, anybody who's a car enthusiast. Uh, so I just wanted to go over one other thing. Um, uh, yes, I'm a car enthusiast, but I'm fairly new to the game. There's, so let's just say that there's somebody in Las Vegas. They're walking down the street. They're visiting Las Vegas, and they see the sign for, for Mecham, and they're going to go check it out, but they're not really in the car world that much. What would you suggest that, that somebody who's going to one of your auctions for the first time, how do they take it in? What would you suggest that they do? Well, a lot of people, James, they don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that we welcome spectators just as much as we do consigners and bidders. Very important part of what we do. It's a $30 ticket. Anybody can walk up, spend $30, and come in and have complete access to a Mecham auction. You get right up next to the cars. There are seating areas for the spectators as well. It's an incredible car show, the best car show people tell us that they've ever attended. If you go to Meekum.com, you can buy tickets in advance for only $20. That's great. So that's even a better deal. But I tell people a couple of keys. Get there early. Gates open at 8 o'clock. On Thursday, cars will start at 1 o'clock. On Friday and Saturday, they'll start at 10 a.m. But get there before the cars start, before all the auction mayhem starts to occur, when things are a bit calmer and you can have kind of a clear mind, particularly if you're thinking about maybe looking to see if there might be a car that might pique your interest. If you do want to transition that ticket uh, into a uh, bidder registration, of course, the bidder registration folks are right on site as well, and that's an easy transition. A lot of people do that. They buy a ticket, come in with their buddy, look around, and they see the car of their dreams, and they go up to the bidder registration folks and get squared away. It takes about five minutes. That's also very easy to do. But wear good walking shoes because you're going to be doing a lot of walking. The convention center is huge to house a thousand cars, takes up a lot of space, and uh, you're going to be doing a lot of walking, especially if you want to get a good look at all the cars. Yeah. But, you know, this spectator thing, it adds so much to the energy and the excitement of a Mecham auction. If somebody doesn't want to be bitter, it's no problem. We really encourage anybody that wants to come out. And, by the way, kids 12 and under, all, all free. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's a perfect way to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for your expertise. It's you're you're making me energized. I want to come down now. I want to come to Las Vegas as well. So th uh, thank you to, uh, for our guest today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Raya. Please check out my website www.theweeklydriver.com and make be sure to check out Meekum.com for the latest and all their different auctions around the country. It's a fantastic way to to be a newcomer or an expert in, in the automotive auction world. It's a great, a great thing to take in, and I, I can't wait to my next one. So thank you again for being our guest, John. We appreciate it very much. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from ExtremeTerrain.com. 
your Jeep Wrangler authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and JL related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and enter weekly for your chance to win two 2018 JL Wranglers from now through November 15, 2017.